All right, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Ridge Raised Outdoors podcast. This is episode number 18. And on this episode, I call my good buddy TJ Daryl Danielson. Um, and we talk turkey hunting. I mean, pretty much everything about it. He's a huge turkey hunter, loves it. He can talk for hours about it. So we have a pretty good conversation about that and tactics and setups and everything else. And it's a pretty good conversation. But the verse I picked for this episode is at a Lamentations. It's Lamentations 3.22. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And, uh, yeah, that it ties into kind of what we talk about. And, uh, yeah, I think you guys will enjoy this episode. It's, it's a pretty good one. Right before the PA opener. Um, so this will come out a couple days before, and I think it'll get everybody pretty excited for the, for the season. So let's get right into it. All right, guys, so I got TJ Daryl Danielson on the line, and uh, we've been trying to get this uh, recorded here for a while now, but we finally got a, a good night to do it. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. Just sitting here, sitting here at home, waiting for the first day, man. Yeah. Fired up. Tell me about it, right? So um, if anybody doesn't know TJ, I don't know where the heck you've been, but um, TJ, give a little bit of intro, introduction about yourself, and then we'll get right into the good parts of what we got to talk about today about turkeys. So, all right. Well, for those that don't know me, I'm TJ Danielson. Uh, I'm from Warren, PA. Uh, I've been turkey hunting. I think I started when I was 12. Uh, blame that on Kurt, my buddy Kurt. Not you, Kurt, but you know the other Kurt. Kurt Elker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blame that on him. He took me out for a youth on. I actually wasn't even supposed to be there. I was just there to watch, and he got me hooked by just listening to birds gobble on the limb. So I've been doing it for, you know, since I was 12 years old, and I took a liking to it, and I kind of tried to master my craft with it. And Obviously, I love hunting in general and being out in the woods, but there's just something about that spring spring uh atmosphere and hearing them birds gobble on the on the limb as the sun comes up you know oh yeah but um yeah you and my brother uh had a lot of good hunts together back in the day you guys graduated together right he he was a year ahead of me oh that's right he was that's right he was a year ahead of you but yeah you guys uh you guys skipped school a lot and turkey hunted (laughs) together and uh killed a lot of birds together so that's uh a lot of a lot of good uh discussions there too yeah wasn't i i got a good education but some of the teachers probably weren't too fond of us uh with our uh antics during turkey season oh no no (laughs) we were known if the birds were gobbling we were hunting them so yeah i mean we we definitely had fun i didn't Honestly, it took me a while for me and Colin to even meet up until someone told me, "Hey, you know, he turkey hunts." And I'm like, "Well, I turkey hunt too. Let's 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 talk turkey, man." And we got together, and then we both started hunting turkeys together, and been like that since. Yep, definitely. So yeah, um, 
we're pretty excited for the season. I, we're definitely going to try to get together. Now that Colin's home and we can all try to get out in the big woods or something, I think it'll be uh, – I think it'll be a good year, man. There's a lot of good birds, good goblin two-year-olds out there, which is the best ones to hunt. And uh, I think it'll be a fun year this year. I actually, first day actually looks really, really good weather-wise too, so I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, like like you just said, there's going to be good hard goblin two-year-olds, that's for sure. With all the Jake, Jake uh, activity I had last year, and even this year so far, I mean, I've – the population here in you know our areas i i i don't know maybe i just find the turkeys but i i just think our population in this area is wonderful yeah it's abundant i agree i think it's been down the last few years but i think for some reason this year i don't know if it's just because how the weather's been i know we had a rough winter this year but it hasn't been as wet and like it hasn't flooded and stuff as much the last few springs. So I think a lot of the eggs made it through. That's just my theory and a lot of other theories too. But, um, there goes your dog. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's my theory. Then, you know, I don't know if people, more people are just trapping a little bit more than usual trapping some predators, but I don't know. Maybe it's just something that's going on and the population's coming back and we'll all take that. So yeah, for sure. So yeah, um, let's let's kind of get into things. I, I got my outline here ready to go, and I think we got a pretty good discussion ahead of us. So, first question I have for you: um, uh, What, pretty much, what have you done to get ready for the season? Like, give us some uh, tactics on that, and what you've done to kind of lead up to the season to get you ready and uh, pumped up for the season. Oh, well. I would say the, you know, getting out in the woods, you know, once the, once the thaw started and shed hunting helps because, you know, getting out there looking for horns and then, you know, you find a new area and you're, you, uh, you basically stumble upon turkeys, you know, mark it on your Onyx. Uh, a lot of things, I've been relying on the Onyx a lot. I'm, I'm, today I've been sitting here on my computer just looking at maps, looking at new areas you know, um, finding, you know, areas that I can get in deeper than anybody else and, you know, kind of access the birds from different directions that, you know, they're, they're not used to, but, um, yeah, like I said, with the Onyx, uh, even just driving around, I mean, I, I put the miles on before season boots on the ground and driving my truck. I, I just run into turkeys, you know, for some reason, they like to pop out in front of the road in front of me and stare across the road. Just That's they true. Know I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't hunt them. But, um, and even, you know, calling. I mean, February comes around, I'm instantly, I'm ordering new calls. I'm, I'm running calls. I got like some ridiculous amount of mouth calls. Like I probably say up to 50 mouth calls right now. Wow. <laughs> I, I usually narrow it down to one, but, uh, definitely practice calling i always i always have at least a call on me whether it's in my pocket in my truck um drive my girlfriend nuts drive my family nuts drive guys i work with nuts yeah you know but there's only you know that's that's a big thing i guess i i take uh pride in practicing and getting my calling down where you know i'm liking it right um, 
Now, like I like I said, getting out in the woods itself is a big thing. I always, I mean, this this year, last year, February, March, shed hunting and just going picking trails and walking and I some some reason I just stumble upon them. I don't know. Maybe I'm just in luck that day, but I don't know. I, I I've always just thought that as a good turkey hunter, it's with anything but turkey hunting, especially. I just think people have a knack for it, that knack that you know you go out and you just a, the spot just looks like there'd be turkeys there. Like I know you have that. I know our buddy Kurt has that. You know my brother. I know a couple guys like that. Sean. Um, oh, yeah. You know I got a couple buddies down there down here that are like that. They can just even not even just walking around the woods, but just driving down a dirt road or something and being like, okay, there's got to be birds here. And then you go there and you just listen at night and you roost one and it's like i knew there'd be birds here and a lot of the times when i'm driving down the road it's the same thing but i look obviously for you know big thicker trees that they can roost in you know a hillside a ridge or something and then i've i've found in the last couple years i'm sure it's the same thing back home in warren but up here in crawford county like when you find a a spot with a creek that runs through it. There's always oh, yeah. got to be birds that roost there. They just they always have to be around water. So yeah. you you're not gonna find birds if there's no water. I've uh, right. <laughs> you'll learn the hard way. Yep. Yep. You know, go go all the way back deep in the woods, and you're like, oh, I don't know. You know, it looks good, but why is there no turkeys? Well, if there's no water. There's no turkeys. I mean, you you got to do your research if you're gonna do it like that. But uh, right. Yeah, I'm with you on getting out there and listening. Sometimes I get a little carried away. I think the turkey should be gobbling, you know, every morning. And I'm, I caught myself last year. Kurt actually had to tell me. I think it was right before we, right after I got back from Mississippi with, uh, from the trip with uh, Colin in Mississippi. Yep. And I was so, you know, down in the dumps that we just did, didn't have as good of luck as we thought we were going. We ended up hearing one bird down there, and. Uh, I mean, we kind of went in there blind, really. We were just looking at maps, and we were like, yeah, we're going to try this area. And, uh, but when I came back from war, I was so fed up with it. I'm like, I, I got to I gotta hear a turkey gobble. So we were out listening, and one night we, we walked back a trail, and it was covered with turkey scratch. And I'm like, oh, there, there's birds in here, you know. I got I to gotta hear one of these tonight. And I was trying everything, you know, hooting and just listening and there was nothing that gobble and he's just like dude i just don't think they're gobbling yet they're in here they're just not gobbling yet you need to you need to pump the brakes a little bit but right I, like i said i came back from mississippi and had a bad time and i just wanted to hear a turkey gobble you know how it is oh yeah <laughs> we, we all know how that is sometimes uh you know we get too crazy with it but um yeah i i think uh I think it just goes back to doing your scouting and uh, just finding good locations. The, the thing about turkey hunting is, well, first of all, the things things about turkeys is they can't live everywhere like a deer can. They can't live in your backyard. They can't live, you know, on the side of the road or, you know, in a tiny little, you know, half acre piece. Like they have to have good timber, good timber, oh, yeah. water, you know, mostly, you know, good terrain, like a ridge or a hill. So yeah, the, they gotta have 
everything, you know, just like we do. Habitat diversity. They need, you know, water, open timber. They need places, you know, open, even open areas, open fields, you know. Yep. They need, you know, feed. So. Right. Um, okay, so kind of speaking on that with how you got kind of prepared to, to start the season, um, what are some ways that you scout for birds before the season and then maybe even during the season? Like say you're, you know, you're struggling the first couple of days of the season. How do you go about finding a spot and scouting it and then getting in there and, you know, finding, finding a good flock of birds or whatever? So, I mean, it's kind of the, you know, same area we were just talking about. Um, just I'm looking at my Onyx maps. I'm checking new areas. I, you know, the great thing is, for some reason, a lot of my fr- other friends, they don't, you know, hunt turkeys, but they're like, hey, I saw birds here, and, you know, you got to go check that area out. Um, but, like I said, I'm, I'm utilizing that Onyx map very heavily during off-season during season but like we were just talking about too you know getting out and listening in the mornings i mean most people call me crazy but i'm out there you know two months before season listen you know listening looking glass and fields i mean i much as i'd love to kill a big farm bird uh, i don't do much of glass in the field as much as i used to but uh yeah i mean getting out and getting getting deep in the timber is a big one too just you, you got to put your time in you can't just i mean some people probably have that they're just like yep this is a spot i go to every year i'm just going to hunt this area and hope you know first day i hear a gobble uh but i'm not that guy i gotta get you know as many birds lined up as many spots lined up as i can you know finding as many birds as I can before season. So the come season, I'm like, well, I go here and I don't hear anything. I can go over here, maybe strike a bird or, uh, you know, just keep going until I find that bird. You know, that's gobbling that hot bird that wants to play the game. Right. Um, I don't think you're crazy with scouting too early. I was actually listening to this, this podcast um, a couple days ago. I think it was last week. And a guy by the name of Denny Galvis, he's a, a couple-time, like, Grand National calling champion. He's from, actually, he's from Dubois, PA. Um, he's pretty well-known, but uh, he scouts all year round. I don't think he said he's touched a gun since 1998. He just likes to go out and listen to him and call him in for people, and, you know, he don't even like to shoot him any, anymore. But he goes out, you know, starting in, in February and goes out and listens, and he said, like, February is actually fe- like end of like February to the end of February and early March is actually the best time to hear birds on the limbs gobbling and hens yelping and things like that. So I don't think you're too crazy getting out there a couple months early. You know, I think a lot of guys get out like middle of March through April and it's like, oh, this is good enough. But you know, if you're out there, even when there's a little bit of snow on the ground, those birds are still going to be talking. And, you know, a lot of people think that a lot of birds get bred right now, which they do, but there's birds in PA, you know, some Eastern, Eastern birds like we have, they breed in February and March and not many people know that. And that's why they, they talk all year round, but to hear it from a a professional like that guy say, 
you know, he said February is, is some of the best times to get out and just listen in the mornings. It might be cold, it might be windy yeah, and stuff like that, but <laughs> but he, he says he still hears them and they, they talk real good, uh, you know, late February like that, so. Um, yeah, but, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I, I've heard them gobbling, you know, January, February, and, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're, uh, I don't know. They're mysterious creatures. I'll always say that. Oh, yeah. I went out this morning um, before work. I got out about uh, about 10 till 6, and uh, there was already one gobbling off the limb, and it was actually a spot I've, I've never hunted before. I've always known there's probably going to be birds in there. I walked in and heard one on the limb and, and sat down. I listened to him. I, was, I set up about 70 yards from him. And uh, he was spitting and drumming in the tree, and he ended up flying down. And and as he flew down, a hen started yelping. She didn't even do anything until he flew down, which was pretty cool. And then I went to stand up because I didn't want to, you know, spook them or anything. And that's something I usually do. I don't even bring my calls with me. I just usually get out and listen. And then all of a sudden, I get up to walk back to my truck, and uh, another flock of turkeys were gobbling like 500 yards behind me. And there had to be at least three in that group. So that's a spot that I'm going to head back to. And, and that's, you know, that goes back to the scouting thing. If I wouldn't have got out and listened, I wouldn't even have known where those birds were at. And if there was, you know, a couple different uh, groups that uh, live on that guy's property. So it goes back to that thing we talked about scouting and just getting out and putting boots on the ground and uh, getting out there and listening. So, yeah, absolutely. That you can't, uh, emphasize that enough i mean i wish i was like this with deer i mean i love deer hunting but i i don't nearly put as much time in the, the deer scouting as i do for turkeys that's for sure people call me crazy but hey man they get me going what a hey, I, w- I was just gonna say that whatever gets you going i i've i always tell my wife and my my brother i was telling my brother this like uh, a couple days ago when we were talking i said man you know I love archery hunting. It's, it's still got to be my favorite thing because it's just sometimes, you know, a lot of it, you know, there's a lot more effort and stuff that goes into it and it's more rewarding when you kill a big buck, but there's just something about talking to a wild animal, you know, with a mouth call or a box call or whatever your, your choice of a call is. There's just something about it. Like, yeah, you can call at a, at a deer, you can grunt at him, you can rattle him in or whatever, but there's just something about picking up a mouth call or whatever and just, speaking to another you know a a wild turkey like that there's just really nothing like it and calling them in and having them speak back to you it's uh you know it actually gives me chills just thinking about it we're a couple days away here so yeah absolutely and you you just saying that uh our the youth hunter we took out over the weekend we we didn't get one we had opportunities but couldn't get you know a clean shot at the birds but the kid that i had taken out did comma he's like i've never seen anything like that you know i I, he's like i didn't know you could do that i'm i've never he's never been turkey hunting so now i'm sure according to his dad he wants to go out again so that that's a good sign right that's good yeah i know you were pretty frustrated with that but you know you'll have more opportunities and stuff and obviously um that's good to to get a kid out that that's something that i had in our and our topic here was talking about, you know, it's good to get kids out, especially, you know, turkey hunting is one of the, one of the best ways to get a young kid out there in the woods and, 
and get them liking the sport because it's hard to go out and when it's freezing cold in the winter when you're trying to hunt a deer and there's not much going on and stuff but at least turkey hunting you can get a kid out it's not too cold usually you can get them out and you can at least hear hear some birds gobbling and walk around and uh you know at least have some luck other than uh a lot of other stuff out there so yeah absolutely you're 100 percent correct so let's talk about um one of the the main things that that people when they're talking about turkeys they talk about and that's um like roost talk uh like I talked about this morning, you know, I, I, I went up and I set up about 70 yards from that bird and I just listened and, you know, he gobbled. I heard him drumming in the tree and, you know, he was just, he was letting the, letting the other turkeys know he was awake and he was ready to go for the morning. And, you know, and then, you know, that hen didn't even start calling, which, which kind of blew my mind until he, until he flew down. So let's talk a little bit about, um, the topic of you know roost whether that's roosting birds at night or going out and listening to birds off the roost let's talk a little bit about that all right yeah i mean root you know we can start you know roosting at night and getting out there trying to listen for a bird you know it's not it's not a necessity you don't have to roost a bird every night as much as you want to get a bird roosting i've had it happen where you know i've gone out and went listening that night and didn't hear a bird and came back in the morning and there's one cranking a hundred yards from where I was the night before, you know? So, I mean, I don't really judge, you know, uh, if a bird's in the area by roosting, you know, I always get out there in the morning as like I said, as much as I want, you know, a bird to be there and hear him the night before it's, it's, it's not a necessity. Like, like I said, I mean, it, you're not you're not going to lose, you know, in the morning if you didn't roost them. But uh, roost in the mornings, you you talking like like me as a hunter if I'm you know setting up on a bird in the roost. Well, that we we could we could talk about hunting because we did the the first part of our conversation was mostly about scouting, so we can talk about you know, hunting a bird off the roost. But I was uh, like, I was specifically talking just how my scouting mission went this morning and, you know, that bird goblin and the hen calling, calling to that gobbler after, or, or at least calling, you know, doing a couple soft tree helps and stuff like that. We can talk about that a little bit, but if you want to talk about setting up on a bird in the morning off the roost, you could, it, it it's really kind of whatever you want to talk about. Anything about, a bird on the on the limb basically okay i get you yeah um if i do have a bird roosted i'm gonna obviously kind of try to pinpoint them all you know we have this great tool that onyx i i mean i use it for everything it's great i'll try to pinpoint them you know getting even getting set up on them don't want to get too close to them i <laughs> even though it happens to me all the time getting too close to them on the roost but uh I would say a good 150, 200 yards is a good good distance away from the roost. If you can judge it, you know, getting in there early. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if I get a bird roosted, 
depending on if I know he's, you know, by himself or if he's with hens, that's how I'm going to judge my hunt for him off the roost. I've gotten a couple birds off the roost right off, right off the bat in the morning, but most of the time, most of my birds are, you know, mid morning, afternoon. Uh, but if he's on the limb by himself and he's, he's just gobbling his head off, I'm, I'll let him gobble as much as, you know, he wants to. I'll at least call to him once, let him know I'm there, give him some soft tree yelps, maybe get a little excited and then shut up. Right. You know, my whole game plan changes if I know he's with hens. Because if he's gobbling and, you know, there's hens in the trees with him, I'm going to I'm gonna get mouthy, you know, like those hens are in the tree. I'm going to try to get as mouthy as they are. I'm not actually – Last year, me and uh, Sean, we were hunting, and we had a couple birds on the roost, and there was hens with them. And I, he, he was on the limb, and I was, like I said, getting mouthy with. Them. So you gotta, you know, play the bird. I always tell people play the bird, but uh, him on the limb, if he's gobbling hard and he's by himself, man, and you just let him know you're there, you're in for it because he's probably gonna come down and. He's going to start himself right into you. Right. Um, I think, you know, obviously I have I have a couple stories about hunting birds off the roost, but I think a lot of times when people talk about hunting a bird off the roost and they talk about killing it, a lot of the times, you know, it's, it is with them not having a hen close. But a lot of the times, it's it's very very difficult to kill a bird straight off the roost, you know. And when I'm saying killing on one off the roost, I'm talking about within the, you know, 15, 20 minutes of him flying down is what I'm saying. Because obviously, yeah. it it's only happened, you know, maybe a few times where they fly right in your lap and bam, that's it. Like, you know, and that they, doesn't <laughs> happen many times. Yeah, and when they, when they do, you better be ready. Oh, I, you, I had that happen three years ago. Yes. I was watching him in the camera on the limb and I was like, ah, he's going to fly the other way. And all of a sudden he flew right on top of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yards. Yeah. It happens sometimes. And that's why setup is, is something we'll get into. But, um, you know, for, for me, you know, my brother always, he's always like pretty strict about roosting a bird at night, which it kind of makes me laugh. But, you know, if you, if you know where the birds are at, and you know that they usually roost in that certain area. A lot of times you'll be fine if you get set up in, in a decent spot. But, you know, obviously, if you can get out to roost a bird, obviously that's the best um, way to shoot one, you know, early. And at least get out there and, you know, uh, have some good luck yeah. in the morning right off the roost. But, you know, if you don't have time to get out there, if you just can't make it out or whatever, you know, I always try to go to a spot where I know they usually roost because you know a, a flock of turkeys usually has two or three different spots where they go to matter depending on you know pressure weather and just kind of how their day goes because turkeys really don't travel as far as we think they do but um so that's yeah. something there what's that oh no I, you were talking about distance i i'm just trying to keep track of what we're talking about here the turkeys going their distance they move around quite a bit, but you know, like you said, they kind of stay at their home range. I think. I think. I think they I think move they, around more up in the big woods and stuff. I think it's just a little bit different down here in farm country where there's not as much timber and things. But 
I think it's a little bit different up there where you're hunting up in the big woods and stuff like that. So your, your input and your opinion might be a little bit different, but I do believe they do travel. It's just, I think here where I'm hunting farm country and stuff like that, swamps, I don't think they, uh, travel as, as far as we think they do, but up there, I think they travel a lot farther. Yeah. I think they, for the most part, I mean, I can't say that they travel, you know, that far, but I, I know for a fact just by pinpointing a bird how far he has gone. I actually did it on my map the one day, and he just made a huge circle around this big uh, ridge top down, you know, with valleys all over it. He just made a huge circle around it and roosted in the same spot he was, you know, that morning. Right. Like I said, uh, it just it depends on obviously like the pressure and the weather and kind of just how their day goes but you know they usually roost in the same area that certain flock of birds they'll roost in the same area unless something yep. messes them up yep. you know so as long as there's no predators that are screwing them up or uh you know humans that are in there right exactly so um my thing you know i obviously try to roost a bird whenever i can during the season and when when I do get one roosted, I use the same thing. It's just hunt stand, but um, it's the same thing as Onyx. But, you know, I usually mark the spot where I thought I think I hear the bird on my map. So then I, when I get there in the morning, I can just bust right in there and set up. And, and I, I usually try to set up, you know, within, you know, 100 yards, sometimes 60, 70 yards of them. And, you know, I'll usually get pretty good footage of them in the tree. But, um a lot of the times when you're that close, though, you can't call to them on the limb because they just have such good eyes, you know. But if you're back oh, yeah. farther, kind of like what you're talking about, maybe that 150-yard mark or whatever, and you're calling to them, they might fly down and cut that distance, and then you can call them in the rest of the way. So that's another tactic that I like to use, especially up where you're hunting up at the big woods, hunting with Sean and you and and guys like that, like, we'll try to set up a little bit farther away from the roost rather than getting right up on them. And uh, maybe they might cut the distance when they fly down and pitch down out of the roost and then come down into your call. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you with that, the getting close as you can without spooking them. But I run into it where I got so close that, you know, because <laughs> actually me and Kurt the one year we were hunting, he had roosted the birds. We got in there and we're like, yeah, this is probably it. And got laid out and they just hammered. I mean, probably maybe 40 yards from us. And we we're just like, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. They hit the ground. Then we, as soon as they hit the ground, we laid into them. But like you said, you can't really call to them when you're that close. Uh, that's why I like to stay as, I'm not saying too far back, but I like to stay off of them as much as I can. Right. Um, Cause they they're smart. They they know when the gig's up. They know what's up. They're they're not you know, like I said, like I say with big deer. You know they don't get big for no reason. You know they're smart. Exactly. Same with turkeys. I mean I have jakes that like the, this weekend I had a jake that came in we thought was a, a mature bird and he came in like he was a mature bird and played the game and he knew something wasn't right and the gig was up and he said see you later i'm out of here yep exactly so yeah i just think it goes back to just kind of you know obviously playing it by how the circumstance is with you know where you roost them and the terrain and things like that 
and you can kind of yeah, go from there off the roost to how close you want to be to him in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't have a lot of area to work in, like, you know, say I do, I could understand that getting in close, you know, closer with them because you only have, say, you only have this little plot area that you can, you know, actually get the bird killed because he's going to go on to private or whatever. I could understand completely getting, you know, in as tight as you possibly can. Right. And I think that's why my tactics are a tad bit different you know, off the roost, I try to get a little bit closer because the farms and the public land up here, like game lands and things that I hunt, you know, I only have a certain, you know, maybe a couple acres to work with until they get on private or they cross the road or whatever, where up there you have a couple thousand acres to work with. And, you know, you can, you can sit back a little bit farther and call to them a little bit and work with them a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and I mean, open timber helps you with that too i mean right yep being wide open but exactly so um let's pretty much get right into calling out a gobbler and kind of how you set up on them and stuff so i know you're a big proponent on you know just sometimes laying on your call and just ripping some yelps out or or some clucks or whatever so let's talk a little bit about you know sometimes you know if we get listeners on this podcast or whatever and they might be new to turkey hunting or they might you know want some tips on calling so give give your opinions and your techniques on just calling out a gobbler for for the first thing we'll talk about all right yeah i mean first things first i i tell you guys all that you just got to tell them you love them yep that's he (laughs) you've been you've been saying that for years tj (laughs) you got to tell them birds that you love them yep yeah all jokes aside, uh, I mean, like like I said earlier about playing the bird, you know, if that bird is on the ground and he's gobbling hard, I'm going to, I'm more than likely I'm going to lay into him and I'm, you know, he's say he's triple gobbling, I'm going to cut him off with my calling just to let him know I'm that more excited as he is. And that seems to work for me. I mean, there's times where, like I said, we're playing the bird here where I've shut up and it's worked. So, um, working a bird is just like I said, playing the bird. If he's hot, you're hot. If he's cold, you kind of, you know, kind of have the happy medium with the calling. I, I've had it where I shut up for heck my biggest bird to date when I was like 15. Um, I shut up for a good 20 minutes and I just could hear him out there spitting and drumming, didn't make a call. And then, you know, he make him, you know, make him get, uh, impatient and he'll, he'll break and he'll gobble. He'll let you know he's even closer, but like you said earlier, I do, I like hearing him gobble. I'm not going to lie. I like to hear him gobble just like any other hunter, but, uh, I've had it last year, both my birds that I killed mature birds just i had the gas pedal the whole time yep i pulled the one the first bird that i called and he was with a hen i pulled him away because she was getting mouthy so i got as mouthy as she did and it took a while but he broke and he came running uh i like i said i struggle with it when to call when not to call most people are probably if they hear my film of me hunting i know my brother chris is probably just sitting back 
when we were on the youth day going, holy crow, is this kid going to ever stop calling? <laughs> yeah, but, see, that's why I, I wanted to get you on this podcast because that's something that I I just I have to laugh sometimes. I'm like, man, this this dude just he calls but hey it works though sometimes it works and and that that's it goes with circumstance too we always have to go back to that turkey hunting is is a situation it's 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 just you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes you know you gotta take it pretty much minute by minute and go from there because you might get a bird that's just gobbling his head off and then like you said bam he might shut up and it that that's usually one of two things one he's got a hen and he's going away or two you better get ready and you better listen for him spitting or something to come in because he might be coming in and he might be coming in silent and i've had that happen way too many times and that might burn Um, you in the past so it's like i said it's just one of those things i mean part of my french but you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't kind of thing yep you know you're going to either call too much or you're going to call too little. I've had luck with both. I've had luck with shotting up. I've had luck with laying into them. I've had bad luck with each of those. So, I mean, like I said, it's all about playing the bird. And I would say I've had more luck laying, in the bird, laying into the birds than anything. And that really came from, I'll be honest with you, I used to be the, you know, on the safe side of things of calling and then i started hunting with my buddy dustin and he very good turkey caller um he lays into those birds and he he gets them fired up and he calls them in i mean i and you can you can listen to tons of guys on their opinions on this and some guys will say well i make one call and i don't call again or some guys are like well, I'm, I'm like TJ. I like to hear them dial, and I, I want them screaming when they come in. So, right. Like, like I said, I'll, I'll always go back to that. I tell everybody, play the bird. Yep. But I, I think what that goes back to is what I'm hearing, because Dustin, our buddy Dustin, he's a, he's a super good bird hunter. He's a super good caller. And I think what it goes back to is, you know, if you do. I'm not saying overcall, but I'm saying if you if you want to get that bird fired up and you want to call as much as you do most of the time, you just have to remember you, the reason why you do it is because you you are a good caller. You know what I mean? There's some people out there that just they just can't they just can't call. They can't call a bird in to save their life. I'll say it right now. But you know, and that's why sometimes they hang up, and sometimes they come in. I just. It just it's just circumstance is what it comes down to. But I think what it goes back to is just you have to be a good caller, you know. Yeah, I, just, mean, I mean, you don't have to, you know. I've heard people in the woods that just, you know, sound just horrible, and I, you know, they've killed birds. But if you want, like I said I earlier, I take pride in my calling, and I practice. If you aren't taking the time to practice, you know, whatever it is you're using, mouth call, box call, slate call, you know, to call, whatever, if you're not practicing it and mastering your craft and mastering those yelps and, you know, doing all that, I mean, you're not helping yourself out. Uh, that, that's my opinion. Like I said, I take pride in that. And that all started back, honestly, that came from my brother, uh, my brother Chris. You know, he told me when I was younger, I got a mouth call and he's like, I said, how do I do this? And he's, he's like, I, I, 
it's too hard to explain. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Just start making noises with it. Get on YouTube and watch hens yelp. So, you know what I did? 11, 12-year-old me, 13-year-old me, I sat there and watched YouTube videos and just cranked on the mouth call and cranked and cranked. And finally, one day, you know, I got the call when I went on with them and birds gobbled. Right. And, you know, I said, I need to make my call sound more clear and better and I want to sound exactly like a turkey and I'm going to, you know, do, you know, keep practicing until I'm like that. Do I think I'm an expert caller and, you know, that I sound exactly like a hen? Absolutely not. I'll never claim that. But uh, until, until I get to that, you know, that I sound exactly like a hen, then I'm going to continue to practice like I do and it'll probably be the day that I die. It was the last, you know. Right. Yep. And then I, I find out that that's the best calling I'll get. But, yep. I mean, it's for the for the calling aspect of it, get out there and practice. I, I mean, driving my truck to, to and from work, I always, I'm always ripping on the mouth call. Yep, yep. You always got to have an extra one sitting in your truck for sure. I got, I got one from last year that I ran my favorite call that I've ever run, and it's all worn down. I have, I actually ordered... I'm up to six of them now. Six of the same call. Wow. Just in case, you know, something happens. Jeez. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, calling. Calling's a big thing. Maybe you are a little crazy. Our buddy TJ's a little nuts. He's got 60 mouth calls, but, hey, he gets the job done, so. <laughs> 60 mouth calls, and I narrowed it down to one, but I got six of the same one. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, well, um... I got a few more things on here. Like I've said before, me and TJ and a couple of couple of our buddies and stuff like that, we can we can talk tur- turkey hunting for a long freaking time, but um, we're going to try to keep it around an hour here. So um, I did want to ask you what your take was. I don't even have this on my notes, but it just popped up when I was listening to you talk about calling and things. But what was what is your opinion about decoys and stuff like that do you put a decoy out do you use one every time or is that it always goes back to the situation but what is your uh opinion about decoys so i've had them work and i've had them not work so it's one of those things where i like i said earlier you're damned if you're you do and you're damned if you don't but where i've had success with decoys is open areas and open fields um yep because in all reality, if you're just sitting on the edge of a field calling to a turkey, I'm just going to let you know. Unless you're, <laughs> I don't know, unless you're Dave Owens or Preston Pittman or Josh Grauserbacher or anybody right. there, I, I mean, I don't know. If you're just calling to a turkey from the field with no decoy out and you kill it, I, I want to meet you because that's pretty impressive. And But uh, decoys in the woods, I have them. I have the zinc, you know, the real look-alike decoys. Yep. Um, but I've, like I said, I've used them and it spooked turkeys, and I've used them and it worked. Um, I've used them and they're just like, okay, well, I see you now. Are you going to come come over here or what? And it's it's hard to judge it. And it's also, you know, like, like, I'm going deep in the woods. That's one more thing I got to carry. You know, if I'm going 10 miles in the woods, I got to carry a decoy. So, I mean, I'm not against it. 
at all, by all means. If you have a decoy, great. If you don't, it's not, you know, it's just like us talking about roosting. If you roost one, that's great. If you don't, don't get discouraged. That bird can still be in there. You just, you didn't want to gobble that night. So, right. Um, definitely. If you got a decoy, use it. If you don't, you're, you're still in luck. I mean, I've had them both ways. I've had them work and I've had them not work. So, yep. I think I go. I, I mean, I agree with you about the the if you're hunting a field edge or you know an open area, or whatever. It's it's usually really good to use one. But if you're hunting timber, like we do, um, you know thicker timber. I think you know the circumstance. Obviously, if you can put one out, put one out. If if not, then I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I've had it burn me too, where I've had one out and they see it and they don't like it. And then, you know, I've also had it before where I've ha- I I have one out and they pretty much run right into it. So, you know, it just depends on situation and uh where you're at and you, how many hens are there, if you want to use a jig decoy. I mean, there's really a lot of that's just why turkey hunting's so much fun because there's you can do so many different things and you get so many different outcomes. So, yeah, I mean, like like you said and even the j i I would prefer a jake decoy over anything i I don't know why that's just you know what i if i were to have any decoy it'd be a jake decoy yep but uh yep i agree it's just like i said one of those you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't and the old those old foam foam decoys i still got a bunch of them they they were the ones that spooked the most of them oh i know yeah trust me (laughs) um we got a couple more things here so i i know there's there's there is one thing that i'd say most if not all turkey hunters can agree on that setup is the most important thing in turkey hunting and killing a turkey at least um, you know, would you agree with that? And let's talk a little bit about setup. You know, I mean, there's really not much to talk about, but maybe some techniques about setup and terrain and things like that. And, uh, and what you think yeah. about that. Definitely. I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I mean, woodsmanship, uh, getting, you know, checking the setups, calling it all, it all plays in, you know, into killing a bird, but uh, set up it's one thing another thing I struggle with you know I I hear a bird gobble you're I don't know if you're like me but I freak out I'm like <laughs> grab I'm running around trying to figure out where he's at if I'm running and gunning I'm grabbing my stuff out of the truck um, but I I burn myself a lot with that by not taking the extra second to figure out where he, where he's going to come, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I, for some reason, I always, always have a hill in front of me. Always. Yeah. I always have some kind of hill or some kind of little, um, uh, rise in the terrain. But my, my opinion on is that is get where you can see it like, like that. And if you're on a hill, get to the, as close to the break as you can because as soon as he pops over that hill i'm telling you he's gonna look and if he doesn't see what he likes he, from experience he's gonna fly the other way um but for setup i'm looking for an open area and i'm gonna try to find something big that i can blend into 
whether it be an oak tree or if I find a shady area. But speaking of setups, last year, me and Sean, we worked a bird, and we <laughs> set up kind of kind of awkwardly, but there was a better setup position, and that was in a shaded area, and the turkey would have never known we were there. But we were in the direct sunlight, and they caught the, I think the bird caught the sun shining off the lens on the camera, and he flew the other way. But that's besides, you know, what I was talking about here, uh, the setup-wise. 100% is, you know, if you don't have a good setup, you're most likely not going to get that bird. And if you've been turkey hunting long enough, you're going to have a lot more birds get away than you kill. So. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. That's just a given, you, too. Just, just take that extra second to check the setup. I mean, I don't know if that's what you're looking for for Kurt on the question there, but that's my, like, I don't, there's not a particular thing I look for for a setup. I mean, wherever that bird's gobbling, I mean, if I can, I can check the map or if I know the area already, you know, is he say he's across the creek or whatever, is he going to come across that creek or, you know, is there something that's holding him up? You know, is there a clear cut that he's not going to come through? Cause there's a bunch of down trees. I mean, the turkey's going to do what he's, uh, turkey's going to do what he wants to do, but there's nothing I would say in particular I'm looking for because I hear bird gobble. I'm going to pick the best setup. I think in my mind, um, you know, it's not like deer hunting. We're not setting up on, you know, oak flats or whatever, but right because because that's where the deer are feeding. We're, we're actually talking to this animal and we're trying to get him convinced to come in and take a look and see if he wants to have a little fun, you know. But uh, <laughs> like I said, I mean, unless you have, is there something that in particular you look for? I mean, I guess I that's kind of a... No, I, I mean it's a, it's that a... I'm not an expert in because, like I said, I'm I'm always screwing up my setup, and you know I tell myself I need to take the extra time to calm myself down from my hyperventilation about the turkey <laughs> gobbling, and yeah. take a look take a look at the terrain. So, no, I'm I'm right there with you when you said that because I think we're we've all been there at one point, but usually it happens basically every time they gobble. It's like especially if you. You know, you walk. You know, you're not, you're not hunting a bird off the roost or whatever. You're just out running and gunning, and you're walking in the woods, and you call, and it's like, bam! One gobbles like a hundred yards away. You kind of just you look around for a tree, and you're, you know, you're putting your pad out to sit on. You're like, okay, is this oak good? Is this? So yeah, no, I, I I'm right there with you, but um, I agree to uh, to definitely find a, a thicker tree, um, you know. So obviously it, you you have cover look for shade if you can have it like you said um but i guess for me i i look i try to when i get a bird to gobble i try to just chill out for like 10 seconds you know look around find a tree if i can cut the distance a little bit too you know say if i call and he gobbles a hundred yards i'll try to cut the distance i'm not saying cut in half but i might walk 30 yards and set up so he might come into, you know, 30, 40 yards and I have a shot. But if I sit right down and he gobbles at 100 yards, he might only come into 50, 60 yards. You understand what I'm saying? Yep, so yep. Um, that's that's what I that's what I think about when I talk about a setup. But 
again, I, th- I think that we can all agree that setup is number one in turkey hunting. But, um, again, going back to knowing the terrain, knowing the area you hunt, and, you know, when you do get a bird to, to strike up, you know kind of where they go, what the terrain's like. And one big thing that I like to do is I don't set up, like this morning, I wouldn't have set up where I was at to hunt that bird off the roost if I was going to hunt that bird. I just wanted to set up and have an easy walk back to my truck so I didn't spook any birds. But if I was to set up, and I probably would have been wrong because he flew down in the yard, but I would have set up on, you know, the top of the hill or, you know, at least the top where I can see the top of of the hill um, because it's so hard to call a bird. It's almost impossible to call a bird down a hill than it is up a hill. And like you said, as long as you get that bird to pop his head up over that ridge or over that stump or whatever it is, and you can get a shot at him, that's all you need sometimes. But, you know, calling a bird down a hill is, is almost nearly impossible, um, at least around here. But um, so when you do set up on a bird, try to get the higher ground um, is, a, is another huge um, input, I would have to say. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Um, as for the uphill, downhill, it is a hundred percent easier to call them uphill. They yep. will come downhill. I actually had it happen. They, with me they will. Dad, yep. With my dad last year where I had, I had the bird come off straight off the roof, came across the ridge top, And as my dad says, pretty much fell into us. He came waddling down the hill, tripping over logs because he was so excited to get down in there. And, you know, he ended up getting that bird. But yeah. That I mean, like you said, getting the higher ground on them as much as you can. But what if you have them? They're gobbling on top of that ridge, and the only thing you know you have is you're down low and they're up top. Right. So. Yeah, um, I do. I do have a story. A real not not even a story, but just a little thing is my brother and me were hunting two years ago when I filmed him shoot that bird um, in one of our secret spots. If you know where I'm talking about. He, hey, uh, hey! When we stop right there, get, I'll be honest with you. What? That's where we, <laughs> the same spot is where we killed that bird. Oh yeah, you called it right down the hill across the creek. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it came, it come right down the hill, and I got some footage of it coming straight down the hill, across the creek, and 35, 40 yard shot, and we we got him that that morning, and that was right, that was that twelve o'clock bird. So yeah. sometimes it happens. You know, two-year-old yep. bird. He's he's ready to come in and and get some. Me and uh, me and Colin's old stomping grounds from high school are still paying off. Oh yeah, yep, <laughs> yep. Still get pressure pretty good, but what are you gonna oh, do? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people in there. I had guys screw me up in there last year. Yep. I mean, granted, he was just doing the same thing I was doing, and he heard the bird from the other hillside and came waddling across the road and went back up the other hillside. I thought he, I thought he parked by my truck and came in, but uh, it's it's public land, so. Oh yeah, yeah, and I guess this is what we're gonna end with. That's it's a, this is a perfect time to talk about it. Like we have a, a you know a group chat, me, you, and a couple other guys, my brother Sean, um, couple guys, you know, we talk about you know, hunting public land and things like that. But I guess the last topic I want to talk about, and I'm sure you can, um, you know, speak pretty good on this is turkey etiquette. 
Let's talk a little bit about that. That's the that's the last thing we'll um, we'll end with here because I think that's a pretty good topic topic to end with. Yeah, I agree. Um, like Sean said, turkey hunter etiquette. We were talking earlier this week, and he made the comment. He's like, "Just look for our trucks, and you know, go hunt that spot." But uh, yeah, no, um, a lot of people. I mean, they don't. I don't know if other people are in the same boat as we are, you know, with public land. Uh, it's first come, first serve, in my opinion. And I always make it, if I'm hunting, you know, the National Forest or, it's, say, it's a game lands, and I got a bird rooster or I want to be there, you know, to hunt it, I'm going to get there first. I'm going to do everything in my power to get there before anybody else and um, get there bright and early and you know if i have to walk in or whatever but i think a lot of people that i've run into they just don't they don't care they you know it's it's public land whoever whoever can hunt it obviously i i don't disagree with them you know it's all for us to use but in my opinion like i said if i'm someone else beats me to the spot and it's my favorite could be my all-time favorite spot they beat me there. I'm going to go find a different spot to go hunt yep. where other people, you know, other people won't, especially with turkey, turkey hunting in general. I mean, this youth hunt, we had, what I'd say, four trucks parked around us, two, two up the road each way, 200 yards from us. Um, and we're hunting the national forest. And like I said, it's, it's turkey hunting. It'd be, maybe it'd be a little different with deer hunting, but you know, we're going to probably hear the same birds, you know, we're going to hear the birds that are three miles away or I'm over exaggerating, but six Hills over, um, we're all going to potentially work the same birds. And I think it's of a safety concern too, with turkey hunting nowadays, people are, a lot of people are getting into it, but they're not knowing the, you know, hunter etiquette per se. Right. And, uh, I just, if, if you're one of those guys that, you know, you see someone else's truck and you, you know, park right next to them or you just go up the road and park and go in the woods, shame on you. But if you're, you know, you know the turkey hunter etiquette or the hunter's etiquette to go to a different spot, then kudos to you because that's what we need in this world. We don't need, you know, like I said, safety concern. I don't need someone getting shot. Right. Um, yep. That's the biggest thing is, is safety, obviously, but, you know, you, you get guys that just park right on top of you and, and, and walk in. It, it's, it's happened to me a lot of times up there, and I know it's worse because it, there is a lot more guys that are up on those roads and hunt those birds and things, but, you know, um, it, just, it, it is what it is, and we know because we started at a young age and clearly our parents taught us, you know, the etiquette obviously um but i think it just goes back to just being considerate you know being considerate that there's someone else in your spot and you just have to move on you know being a decent human being i mean exactly i I mean like i said i i I have no time for it i get very frustrated and angry about it yep but like there's nothing i can do about it but i just I would never do that to someone else. I don't know why they would do it to me. Right. I think last year, 
first day of season, being my brother went out together. We didn't roost a bird, but we knew there was birds in the area. We got there extra early. We got there before anybody else so we could claim our spot. We were on the National Forest, and we, I think it was three, three or four miles, we actually had to walk back before it got light out. And uh, granted, we didn't make it to that four-mile mark because a bird started gobbling probably at mile two and a half. But uh, yeah, we got out there, and we're like, oh, this is great. You know, nobody's around us. We're going to work this bird. We're going to get them. And we had them, you know, we had them coming in off the roost, dead to rights. And then <clears throat> down to our left, we heard what sounded like a hen, but it, and I determined later it was, you know, uh, another hunter that had parked probably 100 yards up the road from us and walked out a different trail that I didn't know was there. Um, but it's just stuff like that. And that day, I think I ran into Sean. He was out there hunting, and we told him to go the other way when we ran into him because there were so many people. I think we counted like 32 trucks. Wow. And they were parked at every corner, you know, one part, 200 yards apart. I mean, it's just not fun at that 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 point, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, it's just, it just gets dangerous is what it gets. It's just like it's time to just go to a different spot, go home or something, you know? Absolutely. And, so. you know, um, I was talking to Drew, my buddy Drew, about this, and he made a, a great comment on this turkey etiquette, hunting etiquette. He said, turkey hunting is a competition between you and the bird, not you and another hunter. It just doesn't make it fun. Yep, amen. That's, so, that's, a, that's a really good point. Yep, definitely. So I was like, hey, you know, I like that point that you made there, but it's just... I don't know. People don't think like us, and it's unfortunate for, you know, us hunters, that other hunters ruin it. I mean, you, <laughs> it seems like me and Sean, when we hunt together, too, or it's me and my brother, we get people running into us all the time. Sean has a lot of issues with people, too, so he's kind of right with you. I understand that. We had that guy that last year that thought, hey, let's stalk these turkeys, and he ended up coming right down to the end of our gun barrel at like 100 maybe 100 100 yards or so and you know we ran into him when we got out of there and he stopped and he's talking to us he's like you know did i ruin your hunt or something and we're like what do you mean dude you like walked right at the end of our gun barrel yep so that's that's my biggest thing is that the safety concern of it for sure but like I said, if you're one of those guys that are, you know, going around, I don't know, looking for the trucks and then parking next to the truck and going hunting, like I said, shame on you. And if, you know, you're the guy that, you know, someone else beat you to the punch. So you're going to go to a different spot. Kudos to you. Yeah, I think the main point is if you see a truck, just move on, really, you know. Yeah, yep. So, exactly. hey, but maybe, maybe some guys do it on purpose. Maybe some guys see a truck and they're like, oh, there must be birds here. I'm going to go in and try, but... Who knows? I mean, maybe people are just raised that way as well. I, I don't know. But, you know, the way that we are raised is, you know, you see a truck and you just move on. You know, tur a, yep. a turkey is not worth, you know, a safety issue, getting shot at or whatever. So, Absolutely. But And that's and that's where I'm this year. I'm actually, like I said, I'm going to try to get deeper in the woods and 
coming from different angles that the turkeys aren't used to and get, you know, <clears throat> away from the running, gunning mentality mentality as much as I, you know, I love it. And I'll still do it, you know, 10 a.m. when there's nothing gobbling. I got to I gotta go find a bird that's gobbling and wants to play the game. So I'll, I'll resort to the running and gunning. But for the most part, I'm just going to get out and I'm going to have boots on the ground and I'm going to be walking. Right. Well, cool, man. I think we had a pretty good discussion. We can talk for a long time, like I said early, but earlier. But uh, we're gonna cut this loose. Um, we're at like an hour and almost fifteen minutes right now. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, or you think we can uh, close this out? Well, man, I'm I'm wide awake. You got me talking about turkeys. I think I'm I'm good for another three hours as long as you're good. <laughs> well, I got to get to bed. I get up at five. I'm. I know it's surprisingly. It's the 26th of April when I'm recording this. I think I'm going to try to get this out tomorrow. But uh, they're calling for snow tomorrow, and uh, yep. I think I'm going to call it a gym day because I would go out and listen in the morning, but I think I'm going to go in the gym early and get a little workout before work because uh, if it wasn't for it being crappy out, I'd go out and listen again in the morning. But can't do that if it's going to be snowing. Well, I can, but I don't want to. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, yeah, I don't man, really I, have anything more to say i mean like i said i could talk forever i i could talk as much as you wanted to about turkeys but you know well that's getting into it you know practice your calling be patient with the birds yep have fun and i mean good luck to everybody this year and like i said i wish i could talk more about turkeys with you for hours i could be up all night talking about oh i know Uh, trust me but uh Maybe, hey, I'll tell you what, maybe we can uh, try to record another podcast mid-season or end of the season and, and let everybody know how we did, and hopefully we got some good stories to talk about. Maybe it'd be cool if we can get me, you, and Sean and Colin together and just sit down and just talk and talk about our season. How about that? Absolutely, man. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm down. I love talking turkey, so it's it's not hard to convince me. Sounds good, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, if you want people to follow you, let people know where they can where they can find you on social media. If you don't care, then whatever. But yeah, but if you want people to to give you a follow, let them know. Yeah, um, I don't really use too much of social media. I guess the most I would use is the uh, Instagram. Um, so if anybody wants to follow me, it's TJ Danielson. Uh, Two 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 two, I do believe. Or no, it's it's TJ Danielson twenty two. I'm thinking of my email address. Gotcha. But yep, that's that's pretty much the only thing I I would say post stuff about the hunting on. So yeah, anybody has questions or anything, or they just want to talk turkey with me, I don't care. You, (laughs) it works for me. So sounds good, man. Well, I appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. I thought that episode with TJ was pretty good. We got into some deep conversation about technique and uh, setups and a couple stories there he had. And yeah, you can just tell he loves turkey hunting and gets me pumped because I get more excited sometimes for for turkey hunting than I do anything else in the hunting world, Um, even archery sometimes. I just, you know, like I said in the episode, it's just incredible to have a conversation and communicate with a wild animal like uh 
like a wild turkey. So, but the uh, back to the verse, it's out of Lamentations. It is Lamentations three twenty two. It says, "The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases; His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is Your faithfulness." So, I picked that verse because it kind of talks about how His um, His mercies never come to an end; they are new every morning. And it just talks about God's love for us and and whatnot. And I picked that because, um, you know, it's like turkey hunting. There, there's just something new every morning, um, and just it's refreshing. Um, and I, I, I always think about that verse when I when I talk about turkey hunting because, you know, we wake up, we go out in the morning, early in the morning, and and we we start new every day, and uh, you know, God's God's love and his 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 mercy and um it just it never comes to an end and it's it's new every morning like that verse says and so I I figured I'd pick that one but appreciate you guys listening um good luck to everybody on the first day be safe um please have hunter etiquette if you do see a truck don't park by another truck um move on and if you have to at least drive couple hundred yards down the road and and just be safe so yeah good luck to everybody i think the first day is going to be lights out a lot of turkeys are going to be um shot that day i think it's going to be really nice weather and stuff so good luck this season and uh may god bless your hunt the spirit of the woods is like an old good friend Makes me feel warm and good inside And I knew his name And it was good to see him again Cause in the wind he's still alive Oh, Fred Bear Walk with me Down the trails again Take me back Back where I Before too long